4: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio and the George Washington
1: Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. Jackie Jack. And Joe Getty.
5: Joey baby. Things are getting weird. And they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But
1: I know this. De Loco. And everyone knows it. But the dramatics would come down just a little bit.
5: And now,
2: he is Armstrong and Getty. A couple of things on the economy from uh, Mark Helpering's newsletter today where he writes, nobody knows nothing on this. He said, I've been covering how the macro economy is likely to impact elections for my whole career, which is many decades. I've never seen so little consensus on what is happening and what is most likely to happen next. I find that a frightening statement. Rings true. Well, it's absolutely true, but it's also frightening. I almost dropped a a fake F-bomb there. So we still hmm. have the swear jar around? Remember, I'm going to stop swearing. And a dollar in the swear jar every time I say one of those fake curses. Right. right.
6: Um, you didn't, though. You held yeah. back. See, you've you're already learning. Yep. I'm, I'm already yeah,
1: getting better. You son
2: of a I'm already getting better. It's the official um, swear jar sound. Mentions the old joke. Only two people understand how international economics works. And unfortunately, they disagree. Um But the Wall Street Journal out with this story. The hiring boom obscures what looks like a contradictory economic trend. Employees are working fewer hours. The average number of hours worked a week by private sector employees declined to 34.3 in May, below the 2019 average and down from the peak in January twenty-one. This could be ominous, says the Wall Street Journal, with growth slowing and by one measure negative. Some employers might be responding by cutting hours, perhaps in preparation for a recession. In the past, reducing work hours has been a reliable harbinger of a wave of layoffs, says a senior U.S. economist at some organization that they quote in the Wall Street Journal. There's one of those numbers that I've never thought about or looked at, but they're saying it's been reliable in the past. An Do we have something like 10 million unfilled jobs? Yeah.
6: Let's let's see uh, again. Well, back to Halpern's original point. Yeah. What does that mean? Employers are reducing hours, which is a harbinger of layoffs to come. Oh, and they have 10 million unfilled jobs and are desperate for people.
2: Right. What the heck? I don't know. So we'll God, hold. God save the queen, man. <laughs> God save the queen, man. So I mentioned there's some polling, a number of polls that have come out that are all polls post indictment, wondering what effect that had. And it would seem that it had no effect. If anything, it's starting to go the other direction, according to Jonathan Turley, as he writes about the Harvard Harris poll that came out over the weekend in which 55 percent of the public view the Trump indictment as politically motivated. That's overall. 56% Mm -hmm. believe it constitutes election interference. That's the overall number, is over the majority. Wow. And I'll uh, skip to, uh, I could get into the numbers, but uh, what's the point? I'll skip to this paragraph because I think it's really good. It's an indictment of the media. After years of advocacy journalism and biased reporting, the public now tunes out the media. This is a strong indictment of troubling allegations and evidence. Yet it does not matter because the media long ago lost much of the country with one-sided, unrelenting coverage. That is so absolutely true. That might be the least appreciated major story going on in America because the media, <laughs> the mainstream media, obviously doesn't know that. The, the right. majority Who's gonna report on it. <laughs> yeah, the majority of the mainstream media doesn't realize they've lost the room. As, uh, as, uh, Jonathan Turley writes, they've lost the room.
4: I don't watch the news.
2: Well, when you've been lied to
5: repeatedly
6: yes. by the same person or people, what's your reaction in real life? How about a little disdain, dislike, ignoring them, actively, actively looking for reasons to contradict what they say?
2: By his own measure, Garland, the current attorney general, has failed to restore the credibility and trust in the Justice Department. It now is worse than when his predecessor, Bill Barr, was in office based on the polling. So it's going the other direction, people's trust. But yes, this is why. And of course, you're not going to hear it from the Washington Post or ABC This Week or whatever, because they did it and they're still doing it. You've lost at least half the country that tunes out whatever you say. So... I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what we do with that going forward. I don't know how we have a conversation or vote or what happens. Oh, and then the other part of that that kind of fits in is Jonathan Carl on ABC this week yesterday being aghast at a poll that showed Donald Trump within the margin of error of beating Joe Biden post indictment and him Hmm. just like this. What I, I hubba, hubba, hubba. Well, it's all the stuff we just said there. Look, you lost
6: the room a long time ago. Right. You don't get it. We know. That's why nobody listens to you anymore. That, that's why nobody believes you anymore. And that's why that, that quote from Chuck Todd was so just rancidly, sickeningly, smugly hilarious. Rancid's a good I've word. I've really, I've really enjoyed explaining America to Washington and explaining Washington to America. Oh yeah. You're explaining us to Washington. Thanks, Chuck. You, you beltway weasel. And, and so, yeah, I'm not surprised. Jonathan Carl, who I think very highly yep. of as a reporter, um, is still part of that world.
2: Politico yesterday rounded up the latest post indictment polling and found that Trump is steady or up in polls, if you look at them all. And DeSantis has had no post announcement bump, to say the least, says Politico. So if you wondered what, what effect that had, really none. If it had any, Trump is bigger than he was before. So there you go.
6: So to lean on a couple of cliches, it is Monday after all, and you know it takes a while to get up to speed. Um, number one, allegedly there's finally a wolf in the media that's been crying wolf over and over and over, has no idea why people are rolling their eyes and going about their business. Right. And a uh, cliche number two, and and this has long been a, a part of the Trump vote that I think is, is showing itself now. It's the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend. Absolutely. Maybe people have a tough time taking Trump for all the obvious reasons. But screw but you, people. He's, but he's the one out front, uh, you know, swinging with both fists against the lefty media and the woke crowd.
2: By screw you, people, I didn't mean the people who are Joe was just talking about. I mean you, the media, lying to us all these years and your your how things should be and we should be. Uh, screw you. I'll do whatever yeah. I want. Pig butchering schemes. Where does that name come from? It's the idea of uh, they fatten you up. Some fraudster fattens you up like you would a pig before they butcher you by taking your money. Interesting. And um, it's common online. We've talked about this thing, this sort of stuff before. But this is a divorced uh, woman who was um, feeling lonely at the time and went online dating and met a nice guy who... Convinced her that she should get into cryptocurrency, and uh, the particular website for cryptocurrency that he was pushing her toward was his own website, and took all $100,000 out of her 401k savings, but it unfolded over months, and that's where it is a pig-butchering scheme. The only problem I have with being alerted to this is this is like a, hey, don't just think it's like fly-by, one-time, quickie ways you can be frauded. Some of the people that you count on the most might be just fattening you up to to rob you. So be suspect of everyone, I guess. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Well, so the
6: fattening up would seem to imply that the guy at least told her, hey, you just made $5,000. Or actually, like, put $5,000 into her account or something like that.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's just you get deeper and deeper as they get fatter and fatter before they butcher you and then eat your delicious bacon. I wow. E take your money. Yeah. Wow. Scammers, scammers everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing how many of them are around online dating. Yes. Yes.
6: Well, there there uh, the 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 lure is something human beings want very, very much. Love or sex. And, uh, or right, exactly, yeah. Um, and so yeah, people are desperate for that, and boy, if you're desperate and going into a negotiation and and all that stuff is a negotiation, um, that's no way to to uh, sit down at the table. And you I hope Anthony Blinken remembers that in China.
2: You know what? And the the the, the lesson here uh, has always been this is this is the key thing, and it's as hard for me as it is for anyone else because you don't want this to be reality. But if somebody hotter than has ever been interested in you in your life is all of a sudden interested in you. Yeah. As much as we want to think, you know, I have been working out or whatever. Or these I, I am charming and, and amusing. I do look good in this shirt or whatever. Um yeah gotta be you gotta wonder ah this is not the league I've played in all my life. What's going on? You have to. I mean, I don't want to do it. You don't want to do Nobody wants to do it. You want to think, finally, my ship has come in. I got lucky. Somebody who's super hot is into me. But, um, yeah, it's just this, yeah, that's the warning sign. You don't want to end up
6: being a pig butchered or whatever the heck that thing is. Exactly. Hawk hey. slaughtered or, I don't know.
4: <laughs>
0: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show. No.
5: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Jack
6: Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: I did get some text from people who've been ghosted, as that has become the number one way to break up with people, apparently. Disgusting. That is that is
6: something. That's shocking. I actually kind of did that once a long
2: time ago, and wow. I've been ashamed
6: of it for
2: 40 years. Pre-cell like cell phone and texting and stuff like that. So what was the pre-cell phone version of ghosting? Uh now I'd I'd have to to,
6: to examine my, my meager memory. Uh not returning calls, uh-huh. I guess. Um and then and, and you know, not showing up to the places you used to run into each other all the oh, time. Right. Just kind of disappearing. How long had you been together? Not a long time. Like but- weeks? There was, uh, the other party was 100% convinced something was going on. Right. That we had connected.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's always really rough. If if you got that whole, something is happening here, all that stuff going on in your brain, and you assume it's the other person is too, and they're not. Or vice versa, because I've been on both ends of it. It's tough on both ends. Well, one end is tougher, though. I will admit that. <laughs> well, since we brought right. it up, I'll, I'll mention it now, uh, okay. some of the text we got. Um, I had a 50-year-old woman ghost me years ago. She must have been a trailblazer, so it's not just young people. (laughs) Ghosting is not just among the young people, said this person. I dated a woman for about three months who was 40, professional career, very successful, just didn't text me back anymore with no explanation, no answers down the road, no, no, this isn't working out or anything, just disappeared. So 40-year-old successful person. Well, you know, if that's the way people are doing it now, it seems odd to me. I get ghosted very frequently. I think it's a result of, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this person, and I don't want to be mean to them, but I just don't want to deal with telling them I'm not into you. So you just don't text them back. Yeah, yeah,
6: I get that. It's hard, and sometimes it's hard because you're being asked to provide something you can't. Which is a complete point by point explanation of why you're no longer interested, and a uh, uh, refutation
2: of any of their offers to change. Well, yeah, that's one of the things you realize with age. Um, but and it's tough is they're, they're, there's there's not a reason. Just, they're just not into you, or you're not into them. That's one of the best, simplest pieces of wisdom
6: to emerge in pop culture in the last 50 years. The notion that they're just not that into you.
2: Yeah, it's not a complicated trying to figure it out. Yeah, I I like the
6: notion that some people sense in ways that we can't possibly imagine how it works exactly anthropologically. They sense a good genetic matchup or they sense through a thousand clues. Our emotional makeup will work together and you know under the best circumstances you're right or you might be half right or whatever but and if you have that deep primal recognition that no this is not right this does not match you don't need to go through the rest of it well you is... know it'd be nice if you could go like 23 and me and get a report that says <laughs> no right.
2: these two people do not match up right um so is the discomfort of ghosting someone less than if you send him a text and saying, you know, I really like you and we've been having a really good time, but I'm just not getting those feelings for you. And I think I'm going to, you know, go back into the dating world. Good luck to you. At least you don't have to worry about running into them at the grocery store or something if you did that. Boy, that's a very well put uh, little text ah god dang it but so you mentioned um young people ghost jobs now they just Mm, stop showing up we got this from someone who's been applying for jobs for years and says used to be if you applied for a job or like you were you know you actually interviewed you're in the running for a job they'd let you know now people just don't let you don't just don't hear from them
6: wow so you're ghosted by your would-be employer
2: how long you supposed to wait on a ghost couple days you get the message that you're they're no longer interested in you you don't want to explain a couple of days beyond that right something fell in. they're they're trapped under something heavy they could be <laughs> exactly they've been abducted something <laughs> like that sure although
6: when we got the uh, uh, got this job this show 25 years ago um, the the boss guy, who we ended up working with for years and still have a, a very nice relationship with, he said, uh, what did he say? I'll call you back in an hour. I'll
2: call you right back. Yeah, he got interrupted or something. I'll call you right back. And
6: then he just did. It was like three days. <laughs> and we were like, well, okay, that ain't happening. Then he calls three days later. So anyway, like we were talking about. Uh,
2: <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, got a woman here uh who's now in a long-term relationship says she ghosted many people in the past, feels really guilty about it. Yeah, well, you probably should.
6: Well, uh, particularly when you brought up the uh, employment thing that that uh, jobs are doing that and the employees are doing that, it's the rise of cowardice and the decline of courtesy. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. And you can okay boomer me if you want. But the one time I ghosted somebody, pure cowardice. <laughs> No single mitigating explanation exists. Cowardice was the explanation.
2: Right. Moving along. Okay, Boomer. Just, you know. So here's the deal. You're going to hurt their feelings by ghosting them. So being scared of hurting their feelings should be off the table. Because you're hurting their feelings by ghosting them, right? So go ahead And make it a little less painful by saying, I've decided to, you know, try my hand at dating again. Good luck in your future endeavors or whatever you want to say. But that's
6: not hard to do. Right, right. Well, yeah, but it's harder than just not doing anything.
2: Well, so I remember doing this story. For that
6: person. So it's cowardice.
2: I remember doing this story a couple of years ago and the idea of breaking up by text seems so horrific. We're now just in this little scenario accepting breaking up by text as being perfectly okay. We're advocating that is the decent thing to do. But How quickly if things slip. Right, but it's better than ghosting. Wow.
6: And soon ghosting is than killing their cat and...
2: <laughs> I don't, where does this go next? I have one more text. Hey, Jack, maybe you've been ghosted a lot because you're an obnoxious clown. <laughs> That's-
6: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs>
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: Well, speaking of uh, gender bending madness and uh, a lack of oxygen, whenever you have an opportunity to debate or compare notes with a lot of these uh, trans activist types who want men competing in women's sports, for instance. The arguments are just not even close to matching in strength. They are the uh, the radical queer theory folks are defeated like a woman is defeated by a man in the pool by many, many lengths. And there was a hearing in Congress, well, in the Senate actually yesterday, about uh, protecting women's sports and that sort of thing. And we have uh, several that's pieces what, that's of audio. What, that's
2: what you say it was about, protecting women's sports. That's not what Good Morning America said it was about. Do tell their headline was transgender in transgender sports. The legislative threats they face. Wow. Implying, of course, that it's, you know, something awful, threatening and awful. So it's my point of view, honestly,
6: that the radicals, most of the radicals understand they hardly have an argument. They are just trying to erase the differences between men and women. And what they really want is for you to say, a man is a woman, freedom is slavery, black is white, war is peace. Now tell me what else I should say. That's what, that's their goal. Well, we anyway. saw
2: the polling the other day, overwhelming majorities of people of different ages and all education groups except for post graduates think Women participating in, or Men participating in women's sports is ridiculous, but still, Good Morning America goes with the threats they face from legislation.
6: And to your theory, which I thought was great, when the entirety of the mainstream media is reporting like that, there's got to be a significant percentage of Americans who would like to answer that uh, poll by saying, no, I don't think it's right, but they're afraid to. Because they have no idea that they're in the vast majority and they don't have the uh, courage to, to go along with their convictions, which is fine. Not everybody does. Anyway, having said that, this is Senator John Kennedy, who's not in his uh, uh lovable, quirky southern guy mode, but actually is serious senator mode. And Kelly Robinson, you've heard of the Human Rights Campaign? This is that far-left organization that promotes radical queer theory and that sort of thing. And he is questioning her in a serious uh, fashion about uh, men, biological men competing in women's sports. 60, Michael.
4: Do males have an advantage over females biologically in sports? Again, I'm not a physician, and I I can't speak to that. What's your real-world experience? Um, it depends. So you taller don't than some women, you and some that are short? That a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female. Not as a, a definitive statement. Okay, so, so, let's, uh, question so basically
2: her. saying not always. Okay, fine. Well, okay,
6: so you have a a man with a spinal cord injury who can't outrun a high school girl. That doesn't prove anything.
2: Well, some of the college swimmer babysitters I have I'm sure can outrun me, but that doesn't mean anything. No, no, indeed. What an idiotic answer. Well, let's let's put idiotic up against plain
6: common sense. This next clip is my favorite one of the year. It's, uh, once again, John Kennedy and the Kelly Robinson person and the fabulous Riley Gaines, the woman swimmer who's standing up for women's sports.
4: Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think... How, how, how... How many female members of the nba do you see well i can say that you know there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat serena williams in tennis right that they think that they could actually score a point on her um and it's just not the case she uh, is stronger Grace, than them. what's your experience been male female both serena and venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player which they're phenoms for women um, my experience my husband he swam at university of kentucky as well In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, He could kick my butt any day of the week without trying.
6: That's the
2: reality. That's the reality. So because (laughs) average tennis player dudes couldn't beat the world's greatest female tennis player of all time, that proves something? But as she pointed out, the 200 and some ranked male players did.
6: That's just this. There is no argument. That's why I keep coming back to. I think the purpose here is to get you to state the opposite of what you know to be true as an act of submission, because from the perspective of logic and evidence, there's no argument here. There's none. High school boys' teams beat elite women's college soccer teams uniformly. It almost always ends the same way. That's the end of the discussion. Anybody sane can see that. I don't think it's about what they say it's about. I think it's about submission. Having said that, as this bizarre reality plays out, Riley Gaines uh, went on at the hearing uh, talking about what the women swimmers were forced to face with the Leah Thomas episode. And I have more on that in a minute, but Riley gains first of all, 63.
4: In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas, a six 6'4", 22-year-old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. We were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent, and we did not give our consent. That is so crazy
6: that that happened. A six-foot-four-inch male, penis and testicles in the locker room, and those women were forced to say, that's a woman.
2: Do you see my point I'm trying to make? Or I'm not bothered by the fact that there's a young naked man walking around me in the locker room. That's crazy. I mean, I don't... Has there ever been an example of denying reality at this level? Just this, is the, this is the
4: all-timer.
2: Next wow! Is
4: and I'll, I'll set the scene. A swimming locker room is not a place of modesty. You're undressing. You're fully exposed. And we were forced to take off our swimsuit in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. If nothing else, I truly hope how you can see this is a violation of our right to privacy. And how some of us have felt uncomfortable, embarrassed, and even traumatized by this experience. And so,
2: in a world where there are men who lost their careers because they asked a woman out who they worked with, right? Well, feminists haven't come to the defense of like college girls like this who are who are forced to have a, a a a male penis right next to them in the locker room. Wow! How how are the feminists not standing up for these women? It's, it's
6: got to be that whole cabal of, well, the radical queer theory people are on the left and I'm on the left, so I feel like I can't criticize them. I have a feeling the utter illogic and, and obscenity of that silence will wear away. I think feminists will wake up at some point. I'm astonished and sickened that they haven't yet. And I know some of you have, and, and congratulations. Um, there's one more clip, of Riley Gaines. This is her doing an interview, talking more about the topic. 65, Michael.
4: I walked out of the locker room and I asked one of the officials on the pool deck. I said, "What are the guidelines that allowed this man into our locker room?" And so nonchalantly he said back, "Oh, well, we actually got around this by making the locker rooms unisex." And so I'm thinking to myself in these moments of him saying this. First and foremost, he just admitted this is a man by acknowledging how he had to change the rules to allow him into our locker rooms. And secondly, unisex, so any man could have walked into that locker room, any coach, any official, any parent, any pervert who wanted to walk into that locker room would have had full access to and bare minimum. We weren't even told this was the arrangement. That—that That is what they were doing. That is how they were trying to normalize the situation. Outside
6: DCAA, you people are cowards.
2: Outside of certain areas of San Francisco, um, unisex locker rooms are never going to be a thing. No. No.
6: And what a dodge. Yeah, we got around it by making it a unisex locker room. He says to the college girl, and apologies, women, I've raised two, two girls. You're in college. You're becoming a woman. But in a lot of ways, you're still a girl. Anyway, so this college girl says there's a grown man, fully intact, sharing our locker room. What gives? And he says, yeah, we got around it by calling it unisex. Not saying I'm sorry they forced me to do this or we don't know what to do or the activists are gonna ruin us. No, explaining the technicalities. I'm sure that was very comforting to Ms. Gaines and her teammates.
2: Wow. It outrageous. That is so crazy. And so then the then then this headline is even more amazing that Good Morning America went with the legislative threats transgender face in sports. Wow,
6: they're talking about rules trying to preserve women's sports. One more item from the Riley Gaines uh, catalog. Uh, she has become aware that uh, members of the Harvard swim team that had a transgender athlete on there were apparently given a letter about transgender athlete Leah Thomas's involvement in the sport uh, Gaines was made aware of the letter which reads, the conversations and try to, re- to kind of sort of remember the wording because, because Riley Gaines responds to it brilliantly. Uh, the conversations and controversy surrounding Leah have been challenging to read. In particularly, they focus on what is fair and what is ethical. Regardless of your personal stance, Leah has been incredibly transparent and is abiding by all NCAA rules. That is a fact. Having watched Skylar Baylor's transition firsthand, I can tell you that if it wasn't for the support of the teams, he may not be here today. I think they mean she, right? Life is more important than politics. While we will never tell you what to do or what to believe, it doesn't benefit our team from winning a championship if we spend our collective energy getting annoyed or frustrated, let the NCAA figure out their next steps, etc. etc. Riley Gaines said, uh, Here, let me translate that. Quote, let me divert your attention from inherently feeling like something is wrong by asking you to focus on how great Leah has been. Let me emotionally blackmail you into accepting mistreatment because otherwise you are complicit in a potential suicide. Ah. Exchanging your fair treatment for someone else's benefit, a male in this case, is a justifiable cause. And the fair treatment of women is just politics anyway. And while we won't tell you what to do, we're telling you it is a bad choice to fight this. Let the men in charge at the NCAA decide your fate. Immerse your thoughts and feelings into something else to ignore the obvious injustice you face let other people decide if you are worthy of fair competition without your voice or input oh and finally don't talk
2: boy if she wrote that herself she's brilliant that, she is that whole and the thing,
6: misogyny of it is just sickening
2: that whole thing about emotional blackmailing over you being complicit in their suicide that's great
6: Yeah, best not to say anything. If everybody hadn't been quiet, they might be dead now. That is unfreaking believable. And the vast majority of Americans agree with us. And yet the legacy media, education, entertainment are all on the other side of this. Sickening.
2: Wow. Does this continue or or not? I don't know. It can't. It Don't let it. Don't let them force you to call a man a woman.
6: For instance, to whatever extent you can resist, please resist, friends.
0: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs>
3: Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: This is the Armstrong and Getty Show, and i got a quick question for you. What if you happen to miss part of the show of this unbelievable radio program?
6: The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man.
2: Download it now. Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
6: I think we've all known people in our lives. In fact, I'm sure we've all known people in our lives who are... Perhaps not terribly learned, educated, you know, but they have enormous common sense and wisdom.
2: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of several people right now, um, and I've learned a lot from them. On the other hand, I think we've also run into a lot of people in life who sport degrees and are quite articulate, etc. But they spout crap that you can't believe any adult would spout. And there's a hell of a lot of that in education these days, politics, too. Are you going to re-
2: say to wit or something like that?
6: I wasn't, but I can if you'd like. Ipso facto to wit here. You got this Desmond Fambrini, who's a learning specialist guaranteed some sort of uh, advanced degree in the Bay Area of California. Talking about childism. Listen to this crap. Would ya?
4: Do you know about childism? This term hasn't trended yet, If people aren't talking about this. I think it's totally valid. Childism is the idea of, well, sexism, racism, discrimination against your sex, discrimination against your race. Well, childism is discrimination because you're a child. Like for example, if a student were to come up to me and say, hey Desi, I'm non-binary, can you call me they? And I told that student, oh honey, you're way too young to know your gender identity. This would not only be transphobic, this would also be considered childism. Not only am I not respecting their pronouns, I would also be discriminating against them because of their age i'm saying they are too young to know what their gender identity is but you can do this in other ways too if you don't respect children's opinions, which are completely valid that's a form of childism well enough credit because it happens all the time just like ageism is a thing we are discriminating against old people childism is a thing too children need more of a voice in my opinion so i'm a teacher this helps
2: i'm guessing this person doesn't have kids no they Def- are a teacher define valid A child's opinion is valid. Define valid. Yeah.
6: Perfect example of some professor puts an idea in your head and it makes you feel excited and enlightened. So you think, yeah, yeah, then not only that, but this and that and this. And there's no part of your brain that says, oh, here are the problems with that. What's it like to be that way? I have no idea. Somebody can hit me with a notion as simple as, you know, the sun is hot. And I'll kind of kick around for reasons that might not be true. Turns out the sun is hot. It's very hot. (laughs) Um, But you people who, who have no, wait a minute, what if, in your brains, no ability to say something as incredibly sophisticated and, and, and complicated is a child's got like no life experience and children think all sorts of stuff that's completely hilariously wacky. What's it like in your world that that sort of thought doesn't cross your
1: mind?
2: Well, I think most of us can look back to our own youth and you don't even have to go back to when you were 10. You can go back to when you were 20 and think of things you believed or thought or said and you're horrified. I know I am. It's like, oh, oh my yeah. God, I can't believe I ever said that out loud. It's
6: a little embarrassing. Sure. <laughs> but you were a child you were utterly unsophisticated unlearned unwise callow etc it's like i have my thesaurus open um yeah that's it's just uh, again what color is the sky in your world that you can't recognize how ridiculous your theory is at all childism yeah, uh, you're not old enough to decide to get a tattoo, but you're old enough to get your genitals mutilated. It's a hell of a society we're living in.
2: Why are we building a roller coaster here on the playground? That's very expensive. Well, the kids ask for it, and their opinions are valid.
6: I don't want to be a childist and say, well, that's idiotic, dangerous, and overly expensive. So <laughs> anyway, move the, move the crane in. Move, watch <laughs> out, kids. Beep, beep, <laughs>
2: beep. G-money. On the other end of it, have you seen that Vivek Ramaswamy who's running for president, has proposed raising the voting age. Politico reporting on this. The youngest candidate in the Republican presidential field is preparing to announce a proposal. He's going big on this, to raise the voting age to 25.
6: Meanwhile, in California, some geek is trying to get it dropped to 17.
2: I I think there's more people that agree with this. Probably not super young people, but... Um, there needs to be some civic experience that you need to have gone through in order to actually vote. You have to have a concept of the relationship between the citizen
6: and the government. You don't have that as an 18-year-old. Well, some some would probably disagree with me. You know, in a small percentage of, of youngsters, that would be true of, but n- not, not enough.
2: That's why he says most, actually, and not all. If you uh, serve in the military or a variety of different things, life experience, he's okay with it. Uh, he's he he he's throwing out some different ideas, including a um some sort of basic civics test to determine. Oh, it's a poll
6: test. It's the legacy of Jim Crow.
2: That's a dumb response. Thank you. (laughs) The idea of requiring service or civic knowledge for young adults to vote got the best crowd response that he's had at any of his events so far. Raising the voting age or having some sort of test gets his biggest response. So, of course, whatever you get your biggest response on, you're probably going to double down on.
6: Here's a system entirely voluntary. As you're standing in line to vote, someone asks you randomly selected civics questions. And if you get them wrong, everybody else in line mocks you so cruelly, you decide not to vote.
5: Jack Armstrong
4: and Joe Getty,
0: the Armstrong and Getty show. (laughs)
6: That's
3: ChumbaCasino.com.
6: No purchase necessary. VTW group we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.